0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on
1: the Oz Network.
2: I met a traveler from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them, on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage remains, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read, which yet survive, stamped on these lifeless things, the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal, these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty, in despair. Nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. I thought I had to start with that because we're that talking was, about... that's know that, that uh, what that was, What was it? That was the poem that gave this, this episode its title name. Um... So that's a, a poem by Percy Bryce Shelley. Oh, oh um, not Walt Whitman. My so so um, Ozymandias. Um, so, yeah, we, we're finally here. It felt like the right time to break that one out.
1: <laughs> well done, um, Nick. Good job. You've done your homework. Somebody's done their
0: homework on this. so I'm proud.
1: <laughs>
2: Well, it's, of course, um, the Oz Network. It's uh, Breaking Bad, um, e- the season five, episode 14, Yes, you may have heard of this episode. It's uh, somewhat famous, um, directed by Ryan Johnson, written by Mo- Moira Wally Beckett, um, first aired on September the 15th, 2013 um boy do we have a lot to talk about um an amazing episode um the critics weren't wrong it's it's fantastic it's kind of hard to know where to start but uh yeah really looking forward to it um my name's nick from the oz network and you can go fuck yourself
1: screw you (laughs) You you're gonna steal that one uh and my name is ben and whoa simmer down there sparky
2: (laughs) Well, we yeah we talked about it as we we wrapped up the last episode, but um, yeah, this is this is the the episode, right? This is the one that everyone remembers the the perfect ten on IMDb. I don't know if that's the only perfect ten that IMDb has for for an episode. I know Game Natalie of Thrones Portman. had a couple of <laughs> well, Game of Thrones had a couple of nine point nines, I think, but I don't think I've maybe there's a Sopranos episode that's that's ten. I, I
1: think know. we was this you or another show we looked at this recently, and I'm pretty sure. That there was only like, um, yeah, maybe two episodes of Breaking Bad and an episode of something else that I think was a, a 10, but maybe I'll find that out, but yeah.
2: But yeah, I mean it's 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 well deserved as we talked about. It's the it's the payoff to so much of the setup. It's um, you know big things happen, um, dramatic moments happen. Um, the show's never the same again. I mean it's only there's only two episodes left, but you know it, it, this is kind of the 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 point of no return. Um, we talked about last week that that could have potentially been one ending, but it's not the ending. This is kind of where we're starting to head. But um, yeah, things that happen here that that can't be undone. We're losing. You know the biggest character that we've lost so far on the show in terms of a death. Um, so yeah, for, for the kind of show that it is, we, we haven't lost a lot of major characters, but uh, we're about to lose one here um, in pretty pretty dramatic style. So so yeah, it's um, and and that's that's just the start of the episode. You know, there's then a whole bunch of stuff that happens after that. So yeah, it is it is just like such an epic episode. It is really hard to know what to even say. I I have to admit, I'm slightly nervous kind of, you know, recapping this episode because it is just such a big one that everybody remembers. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. Ozzy Ozymandias, what more can you say? Well, I hope you've got more to say because we've got, we've got stuff to fill here.
1: Well, I've heard that phrase before. It's such a big one that everybody remembers. So um, that was, <laughs> sounded familiar. Yeah. Like, as I said last week, I think it's kind of one of those things where you hear so much. Like I can imagine if you've never seen star Wars, Right? And you're just kind of like, oh, everyone talks up Star Wars has been so good. I'm like, oh, is it really that good? And then you watch it, and you're like, yeah, okay, it's that good. Like, I mean, it's kind of – it's one of those things, right? And I think, like, this speaks to the, the whole show of Breaking Bad in general. I just heard so much, oh, is it really that good? Yeah, it's pretty fucking epic. Um, but, like, yeah, this is that episode. And it's also that case of it's like, oh, do I really want to like it? Do I want to be – do I want to fit in with the crowd and praise this one episode? Is it really that good? And again, yes, it really is that good. <laughs> it's it, this isn't fly. This isn't subjective. This is just brilliant television. Um, I think I've said before that last week compliments this week. If you combine last week and this week and made it into a movie, best picture nominee, potential best winner, like so good. They're just epic to watch. And yeah, I think that you know I've I've seen this episode maybe a total of four or five times and it just it never gets old it's fantastic and i just again it still baffles me to think that this is the director of this episode is a guy who freaking directed maybe the worst well the not maybe the worst star wars movie um <laughs> of all time so yeah it's just it's crazy but it's it's so goddamn good and just the thing is which is great about it is that the opening is amazing and the ending is amazing. In the middle, like, there's nothing not amazing about this. Like, imagine if this episode was just the opening, right? And it kind of got shit afterwards. You'd still be ranking this as probably a top 10 episode of, of Breaking Bad. If it was only the ending and the beginning didn't happen, you'd still probably rank this as a top 10 episode of Breaking Bad. So imagine what happens when you combine the two. It's like Captain Planet, with our powers combined, I am Ozymandias. Like, it's just, it's it's crazy. So, yeah, so excited to talk about this
2: and I mean like, it's one of those ones where kind of basically everybody's in agreement you know like from Vince Gilligan down that this is the best episode I've Um,
1: never seen a bad word about this this is one of those rare things where you don't have those hipsters who are like oh Ozymandias is overrated I've never seen like I've literally never seen anything negative about this episode ever
2: and really funny, like the Ryan Johnson thing is really interesting because it was a, a bit of an accident. I don't know how much you know about this, but um, yeah, I mean, he wasn't really even supposed to direct this episode because initially Vince Gilligan was going to direct the last two episodes, Um and just because of time commitments, he just wasn't able to do it. And so um, the director for next week's episode, that I've already um, forgotten his name, I do apologise, was meant to direct this one. Um, so he kind of slotted back to to do Granite State um, instead of this one. Um, and they needed somebody to kind of come in and do this one. And so Ryan Johnson was was who they gave the phone call to. So Peter Gould was supposed to direct it, but um, yeah. And so they gave Ryan Johnson a call. And um, there's a great bit of trivia on the the Breaking Bad wiki of you know that um, apparently. Um, is that Benicio del Toro was was um, desperate to direct this one? Um, wow! And kind of you know, uh, uh, yeah. So um, <laughs> and
1: then yeah, Ryan he, Johnson would direct him in the Last Jedi, and we know how that turned out.
2: No, sorry, not Benicio del Toro. Get, get, Oh, Guillermo del Toro. Okay, right. Give del
1: Toro. Yeah, yeah.
2: Sorry. I apologize. Um, And um, yeah, he basically a- approached Ryan Johnson almost like begging to do it. And Ryan Johnson apparently said, Yeah, sorry. I'm the one that gets to fuck the prong queen. So there it is.
1: Which, I mean, it's kind of funny to think that it was an accidental direction by Ryan. I mean, that explains it. But no, it's, um. I mean, imagine if they'd gotten Gilmo del Toro to direct an episode of Bray, That would be pretty
0: epic.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, but this is where the show's at at this point. Is that you know, like people desperately want to be involved in it, and being this cult show for so long, and then suddenly it's the biggest thing in the world. So, so yeah, it it is just huge. But um, yeah, I mean, there'll be lots to say. We can we we can probably talk you know, kind of superlatives about the actual episode for as long as you like. But I reckon we just get into it and just talk about some of the some of the the big moments here and, and we start with what was actually the last ever seen filmed for Breaking Bad. Um so this is this kind of flashback to the first cook that Walt and Jesse ever do and it's kind of back to how they looked in season one, which is why they did it last so that they could um, you know, they could be clean shaven or, you know, like have the moustache and, and what have that look which they couldn't have if they'd filmed this at any other point. So it was the very last thing that they filmed. Um, filmed in an RV Um, so this is not on a sound stage the RV was literally parked in the desert and they took the the camera crew in there and did it um, which I think is really good but yeah you just kind of get this you know this initial kind of um, scene between the two of them and Jesse looking very clean shaven and young here I think which is really good and we kind of get you know this uh, you know um, Walt and his tidy whities again so we're kind of back to that um, and I do love that you know when I was watching kind of like a making of or a bloopers reel or something like this is that there was one scene where you know because you kind of got this this one shot that's focused on Jesse and kind of Walt comes into the foreground and you just see him you know in his tidy whities you know and then um, one of them like Walt basically like dropped his pants so as he came in he just saw this bare ass kind of come through which is, which, which is really good but yeah and I guess the, the whole thing is that they're at so they're at the this, this site which is where the shootout occurred um was started to occur in the last episode um and we've kind of got them there you know they kind of burst out of the rv and and what kind of goes and and is making a phone call to skylar and it, this is basically where we see him kind of preparing to make his first lie really you know like he he's about to go and, and say that he's been held up by the um the car wash owner and so you know he's having to to, to make a phone call to skylar and we kind of see him walk away from the, the the rv to do so um and yeah i think it's just it's it's a really kind of effective way of, of kind of just reminding us how far this, this show has come um, which you know I, I, I think is a really nice kind of I don't know if palate cleanse is the right word but I think it's just kind of a resetting of kind of this is where this whole thing started and you know like even though these guys are kind of cooking meth it's a much more kind of innocent time in in the storyline and and now we're about to transition into where the show is now and how much has changed I think it's just it's a really really effective kind of opener I think for this episode I I really really do enjoy it and yeah the the difficulty that Walt has and kind of he's having to prepare and think about how he's going to lie which is you know we see him you know the final version of Heisenberg is somebody that can just lie without having to think about it so I, I love it I think it's just a really an effective way of kind of opening this this episode
1: yeah I agree and it's kind of I think like um important also just with Walton skyler it's kind of I mean, it's not when we say it's the last nice sort of conversation they have. I realise this obviously isn't in chronological order, but it's just kind of like this like nice little moment you sort of get with them considering what's going to happen in this episode. But, yeah, like, as you say, like the innocent days, like I just kind of like, you know, Jesse here rolling his eyes and, and, you know, obviously the flashback to him basically stripping in front of this high school student um, smoking. But I also love childish Jesse in the background, like, playing with a stick, like pretending it's a yeah. sword or something like that. Like, I don't even know what he's doing. He's like, wah, 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 in the background, which is just funny. But I also just love the way they fade it, like how they kind of just have this yeah. shot of they just fade Walt and Jesse in the RV out, go into the credits, and then when you come back in, they fade it back in, which can I also just point out, because I want to point this out now because I will forget, um, you don't actually see the credits of this episode until basically like, what, mm. 20 minutes in? And when I say the credits, I mean the – the on screen like starring Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul like after all this action is going to happen which is pretty effective i love the way they do that but um, yeah i'm with you it's kind of it's an effective opening it's it works really well yeah, and one of
2: the reasons I specifically noticed that actually is because um, the writer of this episode, Moira Wally Beckett, makes a little cameo where she's actually at the um, at the car wash, and um, when her name comes up as a as a credit, as the writing credit, she's actually on the screen getting yeah, a no. receipt from Walter Jr. or whatever. So yeah, it is unusual. You know, normally yeah you do have kind of credits over this, but you know, being probably one of the most important scenes in the whole series, I, I do appreciate that they they hold off on those credits until we get past this this first scene. And yeah, the totally right that kind of that fade out of the of you know the the people and the vehicles and then the fade in after the the credits um you know where we basically got the the, what's happening in the the current time frame is 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 great It's, it's a really good way to do this so yeah now we've got this this Massive scene. You know, this this is one of the big scenes. I mean, I don't think it's it's gonna be much of an argument to get this into our top five because it is just such a, a huge moment on the show, which is basically we come back to um, you know, the the other side of that shootout that we saw at the end of the Tahajali episode last week. Um and basically, we we straight away kind of see that that Gomi's dead, which is you know straight away that's quite a big deal. You know, we didn't yeah. actually get to see the death, but um, it's pretty clear that he's been kind of shot several times in the chest, and 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 he's gone. So kind of like an off-screen death for for Gomi, which is which is pretty sad. He's been a pretty big character for us, and and um, you know, like it's obviously a, a bit of a, a byproduct of this episode because um, of what's about to happen. But yeah rest in peace Gomi, you're a great character. Um, But yeah, then we kind of move on to, yeah, basically we'd see Hank's been been shot but not um you know it's not a fatal shot it's kind of in his leg and and um we see him kind of like try and crawl over to a gun and, and this is where we kind of get jack kind of goes over and kind of stands on the gun and removes it and you know so hank's kind of kind of laid out on his side um and and basically you know jack's not going to waste any time and, and um, he's going to shoot him but this is where we see kind of Walt kind of pops up in the back seat of the car that he's been in and kind of screams at jack not to do it and um you know they kind of um they kind of drag walt out of the car and walt's brought next to kind of where where hank is lying and we kind of get walt trying to make this deal um to basically saying you know there's got to be some way we can do this you know he doesn't have to die here um and and basically this is kind of where we um we basically see walt you know admits that he's got you know 80 80 million dollars buried in the desert and and you can have it as long as he lives um and um and yeah, we kinda of get some some great reactions here from, from kind of Dean Norris as well, I think, about, you know um, you know, just kind of looking at him and and, and I think it's, you know, these really kind of amazing things that are that are kind of portrayed just in looks without any words but obviously you know kind of when we when we de- we do hear him talk he kind of he says to Walt turns to Walt and he says you know like you're the smartest guy I ever knew but you're too stupid to see that these guys made up their mind 10 minutes ago um, so you know Hank's up with the play here Hank knows What's about to happen, um, and and I should mention, of course, that obviously this is Jack has found out that uh, that Hanks in the DEA, and and he's not happy about that either. So, so yeah, it's it's um, you know this really kind of tense scene and. Um, yeah, it's. I don't really know what else more we can say about it, really. Which is basically that we just get, you know, what well, um, Hank has that line, basically saying that, yeah, uh, you know, he's he's asked what he thinks about the steel, and this is where you get that opening line of, you know, like that I use that, you know, you can go fuck yourself is the line that he basically uses here, um, and then kind of just says to Jack, you know, do what you got to do, and and um, and this is where Jack does what he has to do, and 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 shoots Hank in the head, and so Hank's dead, and that's. You know, a massive massive moment for the show and and you know like it's 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 so much more real the show all of a sudden and i think I, I don't think i've ever really been affected by a death in, in a show quite like this before not that i'm crying or anything but you know this is just it feels so real um you know because we've lost big characters on the show before like gus and mike and but this just feels like it's just hard to believe this character that we've just you know we've had with us for so long, and it just felt like this is a character that that couldn't die. I don't know if that's a strange way of putting it, but that this this character is actually dead is, is I don't know. It just you do kind of feel numb to it, which is obviously where we get this amazing kind of reaction shot from from him, from Walt. You know where Brian Cranston does that kind of falls to his knees. Um, you know, like just that kind of shocked look on his face, and that kind of zoom in, which I think I've seen in you know a million kind of gifs and and things like that. It does kind of get used a whole lot, and and you know he's kind of just like falls to the ground and he's kind of dumbstruck, and and things start to happen around that, which we'll talk about in a minute, but. But yeah, I think just the you know Hank's death is is just such a massive part of the show. It just it doesn't feel real to me as a viewer, kind of watching it, which I think probably speaks to the power of the scene. So, yeah, I think it's just it's a shocking way to open this. You know, like this is the kind of thing you might see ending an episode or ending a even a season, but for this to be the kind of you know within the first kind of. Five ten minutes of this episode is is pretty incredible, really. It's 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 yeah. I I don't really know what else to say. It is just so so shocking um, and so well delivered that um, you you can't help but be invested. You can't draw your eyes away from this. It is just incredible, really.
1: Yeah, and I think that kind of going back to what I was saying about how you know the opening of this episode is epic and the ending. Like I mean, this has the potential to be the number one moment of not only this season, but all of Breaking Bad, arguably. Um, because I would say this is the most shocking and effective death you have in this entire show. Um, because yeah, I'm with you. I think it's kind of one of these characters that you feel is almost a mortal and it's, it's the way it happens. It's kind of so brutal and sort of played out. And even the fact that he gets shot literally like mid speech, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's all of that. Um, But just, yeah, like the lead up and everything to it, um, you know, I feel like we've got to eulogise Hank. We've got to eulogise Paul Gomi because, spoiler alert right now, if you haven't seen No Time to Die, skip forward like 10 seconds, but it's kind of like you forget that Felix dies in that movie because freaking James Bond dies. So it's kind of like, you know, like I kind of wish we had gotten Gomi dying separately because I love Gomi. Gomi's one of my favourite side characters and the fact that he's just kind of gone and there he is, bye-bye Gomi um you know thanks for your time on breaking bad because if we were to look at the episode counts um you know for for non-regulars you know non-main stars who are in the most episodes i would say that gomi's probably in the most so a very significant character to this show um but yeah just even the way this plays out because like i think it's kind of the way it plays out you almost just assume like Let's spoil right now with Jesse. Like, it's kind of like what happened with Jesse. You assume Jesse's not going to die right here. You assume they're going to stop and do the classic movie TV trope of, oh, let's keep him around for a little bit more, which I'll maybe get to Jesse shortly and maybe argue, which it goes kind of the other direction. But this is kind of one of those ones you just feel he's going to be saved. But I would also argue that at the end of the day, like, you kind of have to kill Hank. I kind of feel you have to kill Hank, really, for this storyline. It kind of, it's the most effective way of doing it, isn't it? Like, I don't really see Hank living, living happily ever after with Marie in the suburbs having kids after locking up Walter White. Like that's that's never the way I saw a Breaking Bad ending. Um, But it's brutal. It's just everything about it. And just the way that, again, Walt reacts to it, just kind of like that ringing sound, like the numbness of it, just it's, it's yeah, it's pretty harrowing. But like, as I said last week, the, I do have a bit of a problem with Jack all of a sudden being, like now all of a sudden money is a thing. Like last week it was like, oh no, like I want you to cook. We can make more money that way. And now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, fuck you, $80 million. Okay, don't cook for us. It's fine. Um, which, again, you could argue as well, like, he, he's nice enough to give Walt a barrel, which we'll get to in just a minute. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, God, like, obviously top five, potentially number one, potentially number one for all the series, potentially at least top ten for all the series. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty darn effective
2: yeah and i think just you know some of the 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 stuff in behind it is pretty amazing you know that they actually got hank's hank's death scene in in one shot you know they did this in one shot and um it's pretty cool when you watch the documentary because um you kind of basically just you know you they you know they have a camera on the camera so you you're kind of watching the scene being filmed by somebody else and you know basically they kind of call cut on it and ryan johnson's basically like and that's how you die on on you know a TV show or in Breaking Bad or whatever he says you know like so you know they only they he in knew one how shot, to kill
1: Luke pretty amazing.
2: <laughs> I you were gonna say if only if only he knew how to save uh, Under the Dome. Um Nah, oh,
1: fuck Jesus. Ryan Johnson could have made that worse. That wouldn't have been that hard, but I mean,
2: you know. Yeah, but I just, I just think it's, um, yeah, it it is really good. And I think just, um, you know, we're going to get to it as we kind of talk through the next bit of this. But, um, but yeah, I think kind of like, even when we see kind of Hank get dragged away, just even that shot of, of, you know, Hank's body being dragged away. It's like, this is not real. This is not happening, you know? Um, And yeah. And, and and even, you know, when later in the episode when Marie's kind of talking about, you know, Hank's going to do this and Hank's going to do that. and you kind of don't even feel like, well, he's not going to do that because he's dead. You know, like it just doesn't feel real. Like it just, yeah, it's it's such an odd way to feel about a fictional character, but that's how I feel about it. Um, but that's where so, it's really yeah. good
1: writing. That's where it's a really good TV show. If you legitimately care about a TV character dying, that's where I think it like. it. it that, yeah, yeah, that, totally. Any movie uh, or TV show that make you care that much, uh, I think is, I mean, that's what makes it so good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, obviously after that shot and, and Walt falls to his uh, to his knees and he's in a bit of a catatonic state and especially Jack kind of like um, pick up on the fact that, you know, this is a very specific kind of um, directions we get given and so they basically use the GPS tracker on their phone to find this particular spot. Um, and, um, and they dig up the seven barrels. And so, you know, these guys are are now $80 million richer, which is, which is pretty amazing. Um, yeah. And, and this is where we kind of see, you know, um, um, um Todd, sorry, I keep one's I to call him Jesse. I don't know why I call him Todd, but um Jesse but, but yeah, it, it, yes, Jesse. It's really hard when you've got a, a character called Todd being played by a Jesse when Jesse's the main character. But anyway. <laughs> um and, and and so yeah, it's um and, and basically we kind of um we see Todd says, Oh, you know, like we should we should you know, give them something basically, and so this is where Jack kind of says to him, oh, "I'm going to give you one of the barrels, and you know, and and that's how we're going to be okay, you know, like, and I want you to shake on that type of thing, and so it kind of forces Walt into into shaking on the thing, and and um, these guys are they basically dig up the dig up all these um, barrels, and they they put Hank and and Gomi into the holes and and bury them there where where that had been. Um, and um, yeah and then we kind of as they're kind of starting to walk away we kind of get the whole thing of of Walt says oh well you still owe me you still owe me a a, a death and so basically this is where they they and find Jesse and uh, they kind of they, they drag him out from under this car and get him on his knees, you know, in front of Walt and kind of, are we good? You, are you ready for this? And, and um, Walt gives the nod and you kind of get that little shot where kind of Jesse kind of looks, looks skyward and he sees those birds. And, um, they actually specifically filmed that for the shot. It wasn't like stock footage. They actually just filmed, filmed that specifically for this moment. And, um, and yeah, and, and this is where kind of, um, Todd steps in and says, oh, we could actually use them. And I think this is potentially where you might have some issues of like, well, they've got $80 million. Do they really need to keep this guy to be cooking, even though they do still have the methylamine? Um, But yeah, and so basically they say to to Walt, is that okay? We'll kill him once we're done with him. And um, you kind of see Jesse having these these looks at Walt and they're kind of looking at each other. And Walt says, yeah, I'm fine with that. And um, you can see Jesse putting up a fight and kind of screaming at Walt, and uh, and this is where he says wait and kind of goes over to Jesse and and you know kind of just says in a very kind of matter of fact kind of quiet way that you know like I watched Jane die, I was there, I saw her, you know I saw her choking and I could have I could have saved her but I didn't, and I just love the bit of acting here again from Aaron Paul that like he's had had this fight and he's been you know been kicking and screaming and just everything kind of falls out of him. It's just like he becomes like a rag doll, and just every bit of fight he had in him is now gone on and they just kind of drag him away Um, and yeah I think that that's just like a a really really great capper on this and um, yeah I think as I've seen it kind of described by a few other people kind of analysing this episode that you know it's basically Walt is trying to find somebody else to blame for what's happened to Hank that he can't accept responsibility that it's his actions that have led to Hank being killed so he has to project that onto Jesse um, and so this is his way of kind of punishing Jesse in his eyes for, for what's happened so it's an interesting spin to put on it and I I, I tend to agree with that um, but yeah I think it's just again just the acting here is top notch these guys just just really nail it and yeah I think just that kind of callous um, disregard of, of Jesse that, that Walt has is, is pretty stunning you know I just I, I find that to be just the, the the final transformation, I guess, of Heisenberg into this unlovable asshole. I mean, if there was anyone still out there who kind of, you know, felt that they kind of still liked this character, then that's got to be gone after this. You would think that, you know, th- there's no way you can like Walt after doing this because there's no need to do that. You know, there's absolutely nothing in it for him um, other than to make himself feel better. So, yeah, I think it's it's um it's a, it's a great way to end the scene.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've marked this down as another potential top five. Again, there's there's, there's scenes in this episode, uh, in this show, which I'm not even going to have listed as a um a top five, which could easily be a top five in any other episode. You would probably have, uh, you know, them as as top fives. But um, one thing I will say quickly too is I I mentioned last week about Uncle Jack and Kenny, and like I just I love the act because like you hate these guys. And, like, even they've just freaking killed Hank and they're just so blasé and just casual. It's kind of like, oh, they even left us a shovel. And it's kind of like, you know, like, off they go, start digging it up and, you know, even just, like, the whole, like, oh, well, he's nice enough to leave him a a barrel of, like, $11 million and, like, we're square now. Um, But, yeah, like, it's kind of, I I just conflict because, like, again, it kind of bothers me that, again, he goes from, oh, cook for me to, oh, yeah, but I want $80 million. To then all of a sudden going back to, oh, yeah, but he can cook for us. Like, a TV show's got a TV show. It's got to set up a finale. Like, you can't just kill Jesse here and then ultimately go on to have a ending of this show, I guess. So, like, it, it makes sense. I get it. Like, you've got to do what you've got to do. But it just, it just then it kind of contradicts itself. Like, he's so like, oh, $80 million. And, oh, yeah, he can come cook for us. Like, it's, I guess... It's greed. I I mean, I can't say I've ever been given $80 million. So I don't know, like, if I would that... Oh, well, maybe I could have $90 million. That's better than $80. Like, um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just... It would have been... I mean, imagine how shocking this would be if you fucking kill Hank and Jesse within five minutes of each other. Like, holy balls! Like, you would just be blown the shit away right there. Like, I don't want them to kill Jesse. But I just think, like... Yeah, you would just be absolutely just jizzing everywhere. Let's just put it mildly. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> like, God, like I mean, eighty million Well, they're technically only walking away now with like sixty-nine million dollars, aren't they? They've given away a million dollars, but fucking hell, there's six of them there. They're getting ten million dollars each alone. I mean, God, I could, I, I would be glad with half a million right now. I could make that last a while. Um, so yeah, but I mean, it's just. It's heavy. and just the moment when he fucking tells him about Jane, like Jesus Christ, what a dick! Like uh, I mean, this, this is our our main star of the show, who's just basically full on, like almost worse than the Nazis here, as in the Nazis in the show, not the real life Nazis. Um, but yeah, like it's it's just har- and like because again, like you saw. Like, Aaron Paul's reaction, spitting on him, getting into a fight. Like, when he fucking finds out about Brock, like, you've always said about, you know, what would be worse for Jesse, finding out about Brock or finding out about Jane. Like, Brock, he's, like, losing it and he's punching soul. He's going to burn down a house and, like, fucking, like, go to town. This one, as you said, like, it's just like the life comes out of him. We've just got full-on zombie Jesse right now. And we're not going to get... Let's spoil this right now. We're not really going to get non-zombie Jesse till the end of El Camino. So, and, like, that's not a bad thing because... I like zombie Jesse. This isn't zombie Saeed in, in lost where it's like, this is bullshit. Just get rid of this guy. Like Aaron Paul and zombie Jesse, you feel for him so fucking much. He's literally going to be basically a prisoner of war, essentially in the, in the, I mean, literally Nazis basically are keeping him as, as this way. So um, just, just amazing. And again, like we're what 10 minutes into this episode now, uh, 15 minutes into this episode now. And, Think about what we've still got to come in this episode. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. Twenty minutes into this episode, I'm seeing it right now, and like literally, when we get the credits, it's 19 minutes on screen. We're halfway through this episode, and this would be enough right now to go like this is maybe the greatest episode of Breaking Bad there ever is. But we've still got some pretty amazing stuff to go. So yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, just this kind of, yeah, everything that kind of leads up to, you know, kind of the Nazis driving away is, is phenomenal stuff. Like, there's no denying how amazing it is. And, um, yeah, I think, it's really interesting because I think, kind of, when you talk about that, what would what would upset Jesse the most? I think it's you. I I really like that we kind of get the Jesse finds out, and um, it's a secret. You know, it's been a secret that he finds out um, was what happened with with Brock, but with this one, it's Walt tells him in, in an act of spite, and so there's a completely different reaction because of the way he's been told. Which I, yeah, I think is is really phenomenal. I think it's. Um, you know, it's really clever writing. um, I I really do appreciate that. And, you know, I think probably stuff that we'll talk about when we kind of get to, you know, season kind of, sorry, series kind of wrap-ups is that, you know, like I, I definitely have related to a character like Walt over the years because I think, you know, I think all of us kind of feel... You know that that sometimes we could be making more of things, and you know, like maybe people don't appreciate us. And 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 I've often thought, you know, what if you find out that the thing you're really really good at is illegal? You know, what would you do? Um, and and so I think that there's definitely parts of this that I've really related to 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 the Walt character. But it's kind of at this moment is the very last one where you're like, I just I can't get on board with this anymore. Um, and I you know I know that poisoning a child is probably where you should get off with that or or watching somebody die or whatever it is, you know, but I think there's always been parts of Walt that I've quite liked up until now, but now it's kind of just like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, there, there was absolutely no need to do that to Jesse. It's just this final kind of nail in the coffin. Um, and just really, really unnecessary thing to do just for his own ego, you know? And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's just so well delivered. Um, Yeah, and then we kind of, we we get this Kind of scene where um, Walt's in his car with his barrel and and you know starts to drive away and um, you know I, <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think um, I know you're not a Walking Dead fan but this really really reminds me of um, a very famous episode of, of the Walking Dead where a, a big kind of a, you know, quite similar to this a kind of dramatic kind of death moment happens and and the main character there kind of has to drive away from the scene and um, you know, kind of looking in the in you know, the rear view mirror and so yeah it's, it's, it reminds me quite. A lot of that same thing, um, and actually, that came after this, so it's quite possible Walking Dead took some, you know, took some kind of um, inspiration from us. Well, this. just
1: to jump in before I forget, too, we had a, an episode of Better Call Soul in the, the most recent season at the time of recording this, which was what season four, season five, um, and it was basically all set in the desert, wasn't it? Which reminded me a lot of this whole sequence, so I, I'm assuming that that episode of Better Call Soul got heavily influenced by this episode.
2: Yeah, I would think so, and I think probably, it is really funny to think of this as being, because I keep talking about it being something of a, you know, kind of like a cult show, because, it, 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 you know, until this kind of last season, it was something that, you know, people caught up on this later, as opposed to watching it at the time, but it's hard to think of the show as being something that is now influencing other shows, but it absolutely would be, and, you know, Better Call Saul would be chief amongst them, of course, for obvious reasons, but, yeah. So we get this kind of little scene. He drives away, um, doesn't get very far because the the car's been uh, damaged, basically the the kind of um, fuel tank's been shot. Um, so it's kind of leaking out. And we kind of get this great scene of him kind of, um, you know, <laughs> pushing this, this barrel through the desert. Um, and, you know, we kind of, I think, you know, most people have picked up that he kind of walks past his own pair of pants from, yeah. from season one. Great um, little we- uh,
1: Easter egg there.
2: Yeah, which is really cool. And so this 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 song was it take my true take, take my true, my love, true by the hand.
1: love by the hand. I've had this song stuck in my head for the last twenty four fucking hours. Trying to say that, but <laughs> it's great.
2: But yeah, really really fitting. I mean, these guys know how to find a good a good song to to fit the moment, especially when it's kind of like a weird obscure track. But but yeah, I think it's. I remember this being a lot funnier when I I mean, it is but I remember this being like this kind of um, hilarious moment of kind of and I think it's just like a real a a bit of a tension breaker that you need at this moment in the show I think it does just need you to kind of be able to take a breath as you kind of watch Walt do this before we kind of head into some more kind of dramatic stuff which is coming up soon. So yeah, just a, this, just this nice little scene. I'll kind of just tack on as well that we kind of have the the scene back at the car wash where um, basically Marie turns up and and um, you know she oh sorry I forgot to just just point out obviously that that uh, Walt then kind of buys that um, yeah you're that, leaving
1: my friend out lovely this guy
2: <laughs> yeah he's great he's a, he's, a, he's a great kind of look got a great look for this hasn't he um, yeah. But yeah so so Walt kind of uh, yeah, just offers him ten thousand for the for the truck and, and buys it off him and you know, you kind of see him drive away with the barrel on the back. So yeah, that's that's our kind of Walt story. We come back and we're at the um yeah, at the car wash and yeah, Marie obviously doesn't know what's happened to Hank. She just knows what she knows from the phone call that she got from him. Um, and um, she's gone to to see Skylar and say that you know that they've got Walt, and she needs to be prepared for what's going to happen next. And the first thing they need to do is tell Walt Junior. Um, and and you know, so that's obviously what's uh, what's got to happen here. Um, and and yeah, I think it's it, it's this kind of you know, like I, I really do appreciate this kind of nice setup. But you know, these are the things that are going to have to happen that we're going to see kind of come later in the episode. So yeah, I I I just think kind of the 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 heartbreak of of Marie putting these things into action when she doesn't yet know that Hank's dead, I think is really kind of effective to me. I I do really like these scenes.
1: Yeah. I like, again, (laughs) this is another normal episode with not everything amounted. I could possibly nominate Walt pushing a barrel through the desert as a top five. I just, I just love it. Like I just, And, like, it is kind of funny. Like, I just love this song. This is, take my true love by the hand. And he's, like, going through the desert with his barrel of money. Like, this shouldn't be funny. Like, we've just literally seen Hank get killed, him basically be the biggest dick in the world to Jesse, by like, yeah, I basically killed your girlfriend, move on. Like, just, and yet we're sympathising with him pushing through the desert, this barrel of money. This is all he's got left for his life's work of being an illegal dick. Like, it's just, it's so weird that you feel for him in this moment. Um and then I love this guy. I just fucking love this. It. Just kind of like, hello, hello, is that your truck? And he kind of looks at it. Yes, it is. It's like I'd like to buy it. It's, like, it's not for sale. And he's just like, he says, I want to be this guy's friend. Although I do wonder, like, how does he get into town now? Like, does he have to go to his neighbors to like get a truck? Like, yeah,
2: yeah. He's lost yeah. his truck.
1: He's abandoned in the middle of the desert. Like you know, or or at the flip side, like I guess he doesn't know what's in the barrel. Like if he saw him remove the money from the barrel, I would be like, "Oh, how much you got in that barrel? I, I want fifty thousand for this truck. You know, not just ten thousand. Um, but still, I mean, that truck's probably only worth like five hundred bucks, and he got ten grand for it, so he wouldn't say no. Um, but again, another another scene which I could argue being a top five scene in any other episode. Marie with Skylar. Like I love this scene. Just like yeah. it's as you said, it's heartbreaking, but it's just kind of like sky like anna gun is amazing so amazing in this episode just this scene here where she's just heartbroken like similar to what we said about walt last episode we're like this is it she's defeated she's, she knows it's over and just the way she reacts and just the the subtle tears and just betsy brant holding her own here and just like it's just it's amazing this should be a top five in any other season uh i just i just absolutely love it and again Similar to last week, I feel this this scene gets underrated in this episode because, I mean, what are you going to talk about? Hank's death, the, the fight between the family, the phone call at the end, like you're talking about these episodes. Even Jesse sort of with the whole, you know, I killed Jane moment. Like these are all iconic scenes that this scene gets forgotten about. Um yeah. and it's just, oh, uh, like it's just it literally. So
2: it literally is an episode where you could just have your top five all for oh. this one episode like that's what's so crazy about it eh it's just yeah yeah. and I mean and, and what has already been a great season you've kind of then got this just a, this phenomenal episode that's just you know yeah just something else entirely so yeah I think it's it, 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 it is just so hard because you're right i mean uh, kind of the whole gomi thing again you know like it's easy to just overlook these things that happen in, in a massive episode that there's these other should, things that happen as well so
1: yeah I, I feel i feel like we maybe need to take this before we get to this next scene because we generally do eulogize characters when they die so i feel like we do do we want to eulogize hank and gomi like i mean yeah well I, totally yeah i feel I like mean, we should absolutely. have done that already
2: <laughs> yeah we absolutely i mean and i think it's probably just a byproduct of the fact that it's the way it is, like I say, that that would normally be an end of episode, end of season, you know, yeah. kind of moment. And so you would just really focus on that. But it's like, shit, we're already on to the next thing, which is, you know, like Walt telling Jesse about Jane. You know, so it's just like everything. Is, it just piles one on top of the other. But yeah, I guess like with Gomi, let's start with him. And I think, you know, I mean somebody who's been like a pretty constant kind of character on the show and, and, you know, that kind of comedic foil for Hank. And he's always been there just being like a really good buddy cop kind of guy. And, you know, like any, he, and he's often kind of um, read some sense into Hank as well at times. So I think it's a really sad way to see this character go. And I think, yeah, he does. It is probably, if I've got any kind of um, maybe critiques of this episode is that, you know, a great wee character that kind of um, maybe just doesn't get any kind of form of, of, you know, like we've, we're sad to see him go so yeah I've always really enjoyed the 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 Gomez character for what it is
1: I think it's it's effective though because like it just makes it more shocking that kind of like he dies and then then he's gone and that's it you know there's no resolution because yeah I mentioned before I think that I mean is he the most appearances without being a main co he is Um, literally everyone above him so uh, you know obviously our our main uh, six are credited at being in 62 episodes. We know that they're not all in 62 episodes. I think it's only Jesse and, and Walter in and all 62 episodes, right? Whereas Skyler is in, her voice is in Fly, but that's about it. Um, to put that into context, uh, Stephen Michael Cazada, C- sorry if I'm pronouncing that uh, incorrectly, uh, he's actually in more episodes than Jonathan Banks and Giancarlo Esposito. So he's in a total of thirty-three episodes, whereas Jonathan Banks is in twenty-eight, and Giancarlo Esposito is only in twenty-six. So that's how much of an impact he has on this show. But yeah, he's great comic relief. He's got some great moments. I, I love the like. If you talk about spin-offs of this show, obviously they're both dead, so you're not going to have anything set in modern times. But like, have a sort of a spin-off of of uh, Hank and Gomi, like as just a buddy cop sort of show like you know like if Vince Gilligan was like yeah let's just make a network show uh you know of their life and between Better Call Soul and Breaking Bad I'd love to see it but yeah I love Gomi Gomi's just seems like a nice guy and um I, I I'm weirdly okay with him just dying the way he does like again I, I always like to have a bit of payoff for some of our characters our, our beloved characters dying but sometimes you can just kill them and I don't say forget about him because what else do we really know about him outside of him with Hank? Like, I think they mentioned in one of the episodes that he's got a wife and kids, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I feel like what more could you do with him? So, yeah, i I'm just always of okay think with him being killed off this way.
2: I remember him being at, like, Walt's birthday party and thinking that was weird. It's like, why would you be at your kind of workmate's brother-in-law's but it's like one of those things where you've got like a reasonably small cast is that when you do have like a party scene, you've got to have people that would never normally be there, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think for what he is, I think he does a really good job. And I think it's probably just a, you know, like a real mark on the show that even somebody who's not a major character is always there and able to kind of deliver. And I think we've probably had a fair few of our kind of opening and closing kind of quotes have probably come from either him or from an interaction he's had with Hank. So, um yeah. so, so yeah, I think, I think he's great and it's been good to have him on the show. He's been, an important kind of character and so yeah i guess with hank it's hard to kind of uh, to say enough good things about dean norris and this character and and the real evolution of this character as well i think you know kind of starts off as being a bit of a kind of bit of a douchebag to be honest you know like he's 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 too cool and and you know like i think that's you have the real feelings of kind of sympathy for walt because hank's a bit of a dick you know in those early scenes and you kind of he just grows on you you know and i think i think i've probably seen in something that vince gilligan said that they, they never really envisaged that that hank would become this kind of character that you would love and then and then be sad to see him go that they they never thought of him as more than a kind of almost one-dimensional kind of character to kind of you know the being the dea brother-in-law to a guy who's cooking meth like that was basically it that it was kind of his importance to walt but he kind of grew into his own character and um yeah i think probably this is you know, easily Dean Norris's biggest role, but I think it kind of spawned, obviously under the dome, didn't maybe didn't quite work out how he wanted. But you know, he's um, it, you know, he he was probably like this kind of almost typecast kind of character before this, and and I think he just he took a role and he did some really great stuff with it. And I think one of the the, the kind of interviews I saw is that yeah he he suddenly found himself having to do the kind of acting that he'd never really done before, like some of those panic attack scenes and things like that. And, and you know, like and he, he felt comfortable enough to do them and and do great with them. So I think both the Hank character but also Dean Norris as an actor have been like just essential parts of the show. And I think that that maybe wasn't necessarily expected or the plan when they first started and that they ended up having this great character that you just feel for when when he does die.
1: One quick thing just really quickly on Gomi, mean, trivia – He's one of three characters alongside Badger and Skinny Pete to be in all five seasons despite not ever being a main cast member. And um tribute that he oh, this shares with Hank, tying into tank, uh, Hank, that he is one of, uh, he's the only character besides Walter and Hank to share a scene with every main character. So there you go. That's an interesting one. Um, yeah, I mean, Hank is amazing. And, like, Dean Norris is somebody who I've said so many times. He's just a very... He's typecast. He's always playing the same character and everything you see him in. And I went into this probably only knowing him. I mean, obviously, I watched it Tuck, but, I mean, you know, I'm not going to remember that random guy whose wife fucked a dog and he killed the dog and <laughs> put it on the bed. Like, I mean, you kind of do remember him when you remember that episode. But um, And obviously, I'd seen Lost, but, again, you don't remember him as that random guy that Miles lied to that one time and was pretty shit in it. So I went into this knowing him as the guy from Under the Dome. Um, which is just like, oh god, that's embarrassing. But he's amazing, and he like, I think we've gone over this. That he never got nominated for an Emmy or a Golden Globe, like for this, and like that's just a travesty. Like I mean, everybody else did. I think I don't know if Betsy Brandt did. Maybe she did get one season. But um, it's just like he's so good in these, sh- in these, in this show, and he's just he's. I think I saw a YouTube video. It was kind of like the true hero of Breaking Bad is Hank because he's the only fully good guy that is, you know, out there, like, doing good things. Like, I mean, even Marie steals. So, like, it's kind of Hank's the only good guy in this show. And it's kind of weird because, like, as you kind of mentioned, he's a bit of a dick at the beginning. Like, he's kind of, like, kind of one of those guys where you probably would be like, oh, God, he'd be an absolute fucking tool to hang out with. But he's just, he's just great. And, again, I would argue that his death is perfect. You, you can't kill him off any other way. I think the only way you can end his story arc is by killing him. Um, I think going back to the scene when he dies, that could have very much easily been the end of last week. That would have been a cliffhanger enough leading into this week, right? But, I mean, I think it was smart to kind of do it this way and kill him off in, like, five minutes into episode 14. Why not? Um, So, yeah, so good, so amazing. And if you talk about, like, at the end of this, going through the rewatch, who maybe got better on a rewatch when you're kind of analysing this, probably Hank is probably my standout as somebody who you just appreciate more and more every time you watch this show.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think kind of that real transition into being a different type of character in Season 5 and having to do that dramatic stuff, you know, like you just see that change in him, and uh, yeah, just, just really, really great stuff, so yeah such an important part of the show and it, it, it's sad to see him go but I think you're right in terms of it it's the right kind of ending for this type of character so so yeah and I mean there'll be still more to say about Hank before we're done so um we we'll, we will um we'll follow that as we go along but uh, we come back to uh, we we're back at the uh, the compound and we see um Jesse get um he's had his, his face smashed in um so he's had a good hiding um and um we see him kind of lead into this this makeshift kind of meth lab with with um um, with Todd and we see him get hooked up so he's actually kind of been um, like yeah, locked away like some kind of caged animal at this point he can't go anywhere he's kind of locked in and um, you know and then we see that they've got this photo of, of Andrew and Brock which he's going to Yeah, basically they're kind of blackmailing him that you know if he doesn't do as he's told then bad things are going to happen to them and we see kind of uh, Todd kind of strap on the the hazmat suit so you know it's a pretty short scene but it's basically just giving us the information we need that Jesse's going to be forced into into cooking meth Um, so and that's the story we're going to kind of follow with him over the next couple of episodes as we we kind of go ahead but uh, yeah it's a pretty horrible thing to have to happen to Jesse you know like everything that's happened to Jesse um, this is this is tough, you know, like it's just another thing to kind of add to that list. Um, Yeah. And, and and then just the other scene before I kind of stop is, is uh, yeah, it's obviously this, this great scene where kind of Marie and, and Skylar are are sitting with, with Walt Jr. And the, uh, at at the car wash and and telling, we don't see on screen what they've told him about Hank, about, Walt, but um, yeah, obviously they've told him the truth at this point, and um, it's not received well by by Walt Jr. I think RJ Mitty does an awesome job here. I mean, he's got an even better mm-hmm. scene coming up, but um, but yeah, it it is really great to kind of see him kind of um, have to do some kind of great reacting here and, and being able to really own the screen i think it's really quite impressive to see him do that and and obviously he's incredulous doesn't believe it wants to call hank and i oh, can't get through to hank he's not answering is what marie says and and so yeah there's this kind of it, i think as a as an audience um who knows what has happened to hank this is even worse you know it's, a, it's an uncomfortable scene anyway but i think when we have that kind of um you know that extra knowledge of what's actually happened to hank it's it's even harder to watch you know um so so yeah i think it's it, it's a it's a really tough watch and we kind of watch them uh, drive home and, and I'll stop before we kind of get get home because that's obviously going to be um, a big scene to talk through as well.
1: Yeah, I think kind of what you said there, I mean, pretty much the whole last half of this episode is almost uncomfortable to watch and that's kind of what yeah. makes it very engaging. Like, even this Jesse scene is very uncomfortable because it's just seeing the fact that he's had the shit beaten out of him, he's literally being kept in a cage in the ground, tied up to a apparatus as a slave. Like it's just it's harrowing and Aaron Paul was just amazing at selling this and just, I mean, the makeup looks amazing on his face to see him being beaten the shit out of and creepy Todd here just being like, okay, let's cook like la di da di da, like just not caring. And it's just like, holy fuck balls. Like what the fuck is happening to poor Jesse here? Like Jesse's going to be so fucked up in the rest of his life. Like remember that at the end of El Camino, he goes through some shit. (laughs) Like he's got some trauma moving forward in his life, but um. Yeah, and, like, this whole thread over Andrea, which uh, obviously will play into it in the coming weeks. But, um, yeah, I'm glad you said about RJ Mitty because I was going to say RJ Mitty's amazing in this episode and just, yeah, it starts here with his reaction. Um And I, just, I love that way sort of when he's, like, calling out Skylar and it's just kind of like, you're a liar, like, you admitted it, so that means you're a liar, like, just kind of going on that way, just so goddamn good. And even in the car drive home, like, I just love the moment when Skylar's just kind of like, Put your seatbelt on. It's not safe. <laughs> I just a his reaction. You're shitting me, right? I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just kind of, I love that moment. I just also. I, I will say, like, I love the intersection when you've got Walt just like packing all the clothes as well. Like, it's just it's kind of really cool. And obviously, scene we're about to get to, I've marked down as a pretty obvious top five. But I would almost argue that you could kind of like begin it when you sort of got this car trip mixed with the the clothes packing because I think that sort of adds to it. And can I just say one thing too? The baby who plays Holly in this episode, amazing acting bloody little cutie as well again i don't even like babies but holy crap she's cute
2: yeah they definitely got some some i imagine there's a number of babies they have used for this but uh yeah some cute kids to kind of fill these in so uh so yeah it's great and so yeah then then we're gonna go into this pretty massive scene here but uh, another a, a pretty amazing one um so yeah basically we kind of see walt kind of arrive home in, a, in his new new truck um the the new truck that he's got anyway um and then we kind of follow through and we see kind of skylar and and walt jr arrive home and and walt's in this kind of frenzied state packing and um and and basically we yeah we we kind of see um walt jr walks in and kind of wants to know what's happening and and walt's frantically telling them go and pack Get get whatever you need you know get get the essentials that we've got to get out of here um and um you Skylar and I even like how he kind of yells at at Walt Jr it's kind of like he just he doesn't have time to explain the stuff he just kind of needs him to do this you know I I just quite like the way he does that Um, and and yeah and then you kind of see Skylar come in and, and kind of says like why are you here you know like Hank had you in his custody how did you get out and he kind of says oh, I negotiate oh, tries to kind of play it off but you know um, Skylar sees through him pretty quickly and says how could you possibly be here you know there's only one way she figures it out pretty quick you know there's only one way you're here and that's because Hank is dead you know like and, and you killed him and um, and this is where kind of Walt Junior starts to freak out as well you know so you kind of get that that kind of added dimension in, and um, and Walt kind of you know like you see the kind of panicked expression on his face as well and, and Walt kind of comes in close to to Skyler and says, "I've got, I've got to dollars in the back, and we, we can start a new life." So his plan is obviously to kind of, you know, get the disappearer and, and, and get the hell out of there is, is basically the the plan that he's got. And uh, yeah, you kind of see kind of Walt and Walt Jr. kind of Walt Jr. is following him down the down the hallway to kind of, um, you know, kind of get more information out of him. And um, this is where we see Skyler kind of pull this knife out of the knife block which is obviously quite an important knife not just because we saw that knife block at the start of the episode but also that this is the same knife that Walt was using um, at the end of season four when he kind of barricaded himself in the house you know and he's kind of waiting for people to come to him it's the same knife um, so so yeah we kind of see that and um, you know kind of as Walt walks into the, the kind of dining slash lounge area this is where we see you know Skylar kind of puts a hand up and stops Walt Jr. from following him and kind of brandishes the knife out in front of him and you um, and, you know, Walt's just becoming increasingly frustrated here. Um, Skylar's telling him to, to leave now and, and kind of as he comes in, you know, to, comes in closer to her, she kind of slashes the knife. He puts his hand up and she's kind of slashed him across the face. And we have this, like, really intense kind of um, incredibly hard to watch kind of battle with the two of them kind of fighting over this knife and kind of tumbling, you know, over each other, you um, you know, like, domestic violence is not something I think most people are comfortable with seeing and, and probably something that most people, I would imagine, don't see a lot of in their day-to-day lives. So this is a very difficult thing to watch, you know, like, kind of watch these two struggle to the point where we finally see kind of Walt kind of overpowers her and he's, like, on top of her with the knife almost at her throat. And this is where we see kind of R.J. Mitty, Walt Jr., kind of dives in and kind of puts himself between Walt and Skylar in this kind of really heroic move. And, you know, R.J. Mitty does a phenomenal Job with that, um, and and then we you just get this, this amazing line here where Walt kind of says, you know, yells, you know, we're a family, and there's this really big pause. I think it's about seven seconds, and then he kind of quietly says it again, "We're a family," and it's, it, you know, it's in this moment where he, you kind of just see him realise that he's lost this family, that you know, they're no longer with him anymore, and everything he's been doing and justifying in his head is, you know, it's been for his family, and this is where it's all gone. You know, like that that is totally gone now. His family and never going to be on side with him again and uh walt jr kind of pulls out the phone and you know calls 911 and says that, you know his father's attacked his mother and i think he killed somebody and um and the we see kind of Walt, you know here's here's holly crying um and um and basically he goes and scoops holly up and and um chucks her into the into the uh the, the truck that he's got and, um, and takes her out to the, yeah, it, it starts to ram the car that's behind, which is Skylar's car. And this is where you see Anna Gunn doing some so her taking her turn to do an amazing piece of acting too, as she's kind of screaming as Walt just kind of quite calmly just backs out, pushes this car back and uh, we kind of see him drive off and, and see kind of Skylar fall to her knees and this just amazing piece of acting. This, this is just phenomenal. Um, and so, so yeah, it, it, it's, just an incredibly tense intense scene um, everybody is just absolutely owning this you know like there is not really a, a moment at all where you don't think this is just the best acting I've ever seen you know that's, yeah. the, that's the thing about it is that just every part of this is just phenomenal um, and yeah it, it is just so so good um, even though it is incredibly hard to watch it's very very uncomfortable to watch but um, yeah it, it's, it's pretty damn good
0: Obviously top
1: five. Yeah, I, I I, mean, look, I said about the Hank scene, you could almost say this scene could potentially be the number one of this uh, season and maybe the number one of the whole show. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean, it's, I remember watching this for the first time and just being absent. And, again, I think I watched this on that SBS episode that time and not, not even knowing the context of what this was, thinking like, holy fuck, this is pretty insane. And, again, it goes back to the point where Walt is completely evil now. But, like, you just feel so sorry for him in this scene. How is that possible? <laughs> you know, like, he's like it, it comes down to that level. You feel sorry for all of them. It's not just Walt. You feel sorry for, for Skyler and, and Walt Jr. and Holly as well because it's just, you know, this is a guy who's been doing all of this purely for the sole fact of providing for his family. And now they're, like, they're the last ones now who are, like, completely against him. He has nobody now, essentially. Um, and it's just, yeah, but just, it's even the way this gets led up to it, just... Sort of Walt trying to sell it and just being like, oh, you know, like we've got to go, got to go. And then just the way it all gets breaks down and the knife and the slash and just them fighting, as you said, it's so uncomfortable to watch. And just the way Walter Jr. saves his mum, like that's pretty epic. And and then you think like that, you could end the scene right there and this is still a top moment. But then he freaking kidnaps Holly. Um, and then just as you said, with Anna gun, like holy crap, Bolshe is incredible here. Like, well, I have to question one thing. Why aren't the neighbours coming out here? Like, literally there's screaming going on and, like, right now if all of a sudden I heard this happening outside, I'd be probably peeking out the window. Um, I mean, she's literally got blood on her. <laughs> so, but, yeah, just that scene when she just drops to her knees in tears and just, like, like Anna Gunney's one of these actors where it's like, how is she not more of a thing? <laughs> like, I mean, I know she got yeah. awarded a lot in this show, but, I mean, it's not like she's gone on to bigger and better things after Breaking Bad. It's You know, obviously... Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston's career has been pretty steady since. Uh, Bob Odenkirk, Giancarlo Esposito, for for instance, has gone on to massive things since this show, whereas, yeah, poor old Anna Gunn really hasn't. But, yeah, and, and again, Holly. Like, I know she's a baby. You don't exactly kill a baby, but just, like, her in the car crying, like, looking through the window there. Like, I'd love to know how many takes that took. Um, like, just just epic, like, yeah, solid, solid top five. Lock it in, Eddie. Uh, but probably, I'm just saying it now. Lock it in as a top ten for the overall series. Where it will end up, I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, for one of the most iconic episodes of television of all time, this is maybe one of the most iconic scenes of television of all time. Just show this to nobody with no context and try to not get them sort of uh, emotionally invested in this whole sequence.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it, it is just there's just so many elements to it that are just. Like how is it possible that everybody can be acting, including the baby? Like how is it yeah. possible that everybody is just nailing this? It's yeah, it's really interesting because um one of the little documentaries that I watched that kind of accompanied this was um around Anna Gunn filming this particular scene and she said like um basically like Herbert where she kind of runs outside and, and kind of falls to her knees, like the day they did that it actually started snowing in Albuquerque. Huh. So she was like kind of like gearing herself up to do it and kinda of getting in that right headspace and then they kinda of had to um delay it because of the snow and then snow stopped and she came out and she said she just wasn't quite feeling whatever it was and um, you know this is maybe a good time to defend Ryan Johnson but like he apparently he kind of just like came and gave her the time and talked her through it and said it'll be okay and kind of worked her through that moment and then she kind of was able to deliver the lines and and give that performance so so yeah it, it wasn't completely, you know, like there straight away, she kind of had to work through that, which I think is quite interesting to look through. Um, I, I think, I've, I don't know if I talked about it on an actual episode or if I talked to you off off air about it, but there's um, that little poem that I read at the start. There's a there's a clip of, um, you know, um, Brian Cranston reading that over shots from this episode um, hmm. and you can find it on YouTube. It's um, Ultima Poo, if you're looking for who, who put that up on YouTube. Ultima but, um, Poo. But um, the, the one scene that always gets me when I watch it, it's only like, you know, a, a minute and a half long, is that, is that kind of um, that shot of, of Anna Gunn kind of falling to her knees and, and screaming. It is just really, really incredible, you know, that you kind of just get this moment um, of her doing that. Um, yeah, I think it, it's, it's just so, so good, I think. Um, it's hard to even pinpoint which bits are the best but yeah i mean rj middy again just the way he kind of throws himself kind of between walt and skyler i think is incredible um so yeah it's it's just pitch perfect like everything about it is really good but incredibly hard to watch like it's yeah it will definitely be in our top five and i imagine it will be quite quite high on the list of top moments when we um when we kind of go through all of them but um that doesn't mean that it's that it's fun to watch it's a hard one to watch um but yeah it is just you're kind of just like sitting there almost with your mouth open being like is this actually happening it is yeah it's crazy
1: yeah and it's i mean you said it before i mean maybe one of the best acted scenes i've ever watched as well like it's just and like it's all well and good to sit here and think oh acting's an easy profession um but i mean yeah like as you're saying to get in that mind space to emotionally play this scene to then you know I mean, we talked about that back when jane died about how brian Cranston you know imagine that was his own daughter like it just like right now if i said to you nick i want you to pretend to be completely emotionally and like and act like this like that it's it's not that simple like acting is not an easy thing to do if you really try and do it well um so yeah and it's just it's just it's uncomfortable, it's natural to watch. And, like, they're the best things that you watch about any form of movie or TV show when it, it makes you uncomfortable. The actors are doing their job. So it's it's pretty goddamn epic. I mean, if you were to replace the – no disrespect to our beloved cast of Friends, but I, I don't see, like, you know, Lisa Kudrow, Matthew Perry <laughs> and Matt LeBlanc making this scene as effective. Um, maybe they could. Some of the, I mean, who would have thought 20 years ago that guy from Malcolm in the Middle would be this effective? As I mean, they could be fantastic dramatic actors. Matt LeBlanc wasn't that bad in Lost in Space. Um, so, David, David
2: Schwimmer's pretty good in American Oh, David Schwimmer's story, great.
1: Yeah, no, David yeah. Schwimmer's great. And Jennifer Anderson's actually a pretty good dramatic actor. So, um, yeah, no, I just don't think I've ever seen Matthew Perry be dramatic. Matthew Perry was on the list to be James Bond at one point. So, hey, who knows? He could have pulled it off. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, potentially. I mean, you never, you never know what people are capable of. And I think he was in that's the West Wing, things.
1: actually. Sorry, quickly interrupt. I think I did see him do dramatic in the West Wing, and he actually wasn't that bad. So, um, yeah.
2: Yeah, and I, and I think the point there is that, yeah, I think. Often, often, the thing that we talk about is the acting because we've got phenomenal actors doing a, an amazing job here. But, um, you know, like, not just a, I'm not just trying to big up Ryan Johnson. I think it's all the directors on the show. Um, but also, the, you know, the, the writing and everything that goes in behind it means that this end product is, is so incredible, you know. So mm. the actors are absolutely knocking it out of the park, but they're incredibly well supported by just everything around them is just making us work so and, incredibly well.
1: And like, here we go. Ben's going to do it. Praise to Ryan Johnson as well. I mean, this is incredibly <laughs> well-directed, and, like, I feel like I shit all over the guy, but, like, seriously, like, this episode is, a lot of the reason why it is so perfect is because it is so well-directed. I mean, I mean, you talk about those shots before, like, random shot of birds in the sky when Jesse's about to get shot. Even the shot when Hank dies, they randomly cut to a shot of some rocks, and you're thinking, like, well, what does that mean? But, like, it's kind of, like, it's, it's effective. Like, just some of the way this is shot is just so good. Uh, so I will praise Ryan. Johnson. I mean, I can't fault Ryan Johnson for this episode. I just, I just wish to to Luke Skywalker that this was the quality of the Last Jedi, and then it would be a completely different feeling. So, and I think even in our Last Jedi recap, we didn't put all the blame on Ryan Johnson because he was kind of handed a turd in the first place. You couldn't really do much uh, with the way the Force Awakens ended, could you? So, anyway, whole other different kettle of fish. But no, praise to Ryan Johnson here as well for some great directing in this episode. <clears throat>
2: Um, yeah, so we we kind of move on and, and we see Walt and I, um, I. I don't know where he is, but we're, we've got the uh, the koala care. Koala um, care is back. There he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's changing Holly. Um, so he's just in some kind of random restroom, I think. Um, I love how his kind of hand is wrapped in duct tape. You know where he's had the the cut. Um, and and so yeah, and then we see him kind of kind of pick her up and and um, and she says mama. You know, Aww, which is actually this so baby cute. actually this baby actually said this and, you know, this was actually something that wasn't added in later. The baby actually did say this, you know, Aww. like unprompted. Um, and I think kind of like, I think the story is something along the lines of like the baby's actual mother was like just off, off camera, you know? So like she's right there and kind of as Brian Cranston picks her up, she sees her mother and she says that. So, but yeah, talk about perfect, you know? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah yes. Give so, this baby hey, an Emmy. Yeah, youngest ever. Um, But and and yeah, and then we kind of go back to um, to the White House, and we've got um, the police have called in. uh, Is it an Amber Alert that they've called in um, for Holly that they're looking for Holly? Uh, And this is where we kind of get kind of Walt calls in and um, basically asks, you know, if if she's alone, and she lies and says yes. um, And um, basically, the the police start tracking him and recording this call, and and Walt's smart enough to understand that actually, you know. She is lying, and um, basically this is where he kind of um, has this this ranting phone call, which is basically to um, make it seem as if she's completely um, oblivious to what he's been up to, so that she's got an alibi. Um, so he's doing this to kind of help her, but it's um, yeah, I, it, it, it's it, it's also a bit of a hard watch and a hard listen, and you you're hearing kind of Walt talking a way that he's never really talked before, obviously because he's putting this on and you know calling her a bitch and things like that is not something that we have seen very much. Um, on the show. So so yeah, but I think it's a, it's a really clever move here where basically um he's trying to, to put her in the clear as much as possible. So so yeah, I think it's I think it's a great a great little scene here just to kind of set up the the end of, of this. Um yeah and um yeah I think I'll just stop there and let you talk about that if there's anything you kinda of want to talk about with those scenes.
1: I, I love the fact that on the Wikipedia page, like not the breaking bad wiki, the actual Wikipedia page of this they've got a whole section here talking about uh, this phone call as that it is maybe one of the most uh critic- uh not like um uh analyzed scenes in all of breaking bad uh which is kind of very interesting um but yeah it's it's inc- i've got this down as another top 5 i just think that like just i just love this scene because like yeah, it's sort of the way it's read, but it's it's still uncomfortable because like you're hearing Walt here calling her like a bitch and just things like that. That line always just makes me cringe, just the way he says it because you can just see it in Walt and Skylar's face that they both know what they're doing here and how hard this is for mm. Walt. The way he's like crying, and he kind of just stops and just facial acting. Even Brian Cranston, even Anna Gunn, where she's kind of almost got this moment of like shock to her face, but she's kind of always like, okay, I think I know what he's doing. Um, so it's just it's just in incredible again as i keep saying in this episode if this was just the one scene in this episode that was the best scene like again top five but like how do you pick from everything in this episode but um yeah it's just so god and like what does he say like i've still got stuff left to do or whatever and then the way he just kind of hangs up and yeah. It's just, yeah it's just like it's it's just heart. again why do we care for this guy i don't want to care for this guy um but like you yeah. care for this guy and you feel for this guy it's so crazy
2: yeah, and I think if, if if you can explain to me how somebody can like be spitting out these kind of venomous, angry lines oh. while at the same time in tears oh. um, because of what they're saying, and, and knowing why they're having to kind of lie in this way, like that is just that's that's the next level skill, right? That is just like unbelievably talented. Yeah. I don't know how anybody does that. But yeah, and, and obviously the other big moment in this is like, we basically, you know, like you're never going to see Hank again. And this is where kind of you know, Skylar realises that, you know.
0: Oh, I'm a they've obviously too.
2: Very, yeah, yeah, they've obviously realized. You know, they've obviously suspected the worst with Hank, but here it is kind of basically confirmed by Walt, and um, and, and that's a big moment for for the show. And so yeah, obviously you kind of see Skyler kind of you know burst into tears, and also yeah, Marie's response as well. It's um, and even like Hank, uh, sorry, Hank Jr. Walt Jr.'s reaction in the background. Um, you know, it's it, it, everybody again is just kind of getting this right. So so yeah, I think it is just it, it, it's just so impressive. Like just as a feat in and of itself to be able to do this. Um, and yeah, I think this is probably, you know, like it's probably one of the the least remembered scenes of this episode. You know, you kind of think of the other ones as being bigger scenes, but um, this is every bit as good in some ways, you know, so it's, it's, gosh, this is going to be a hard conversation in a couple of weeks time, isn't it? I'm not looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. And this is the thing Like you're right. Like it is a real kind of forgotten about scene and particularly, like, as I said, like even the Skylar, um, marie scene earlier on is just like crazy it's just like just just sums up this episode really doesn't it um just that again as you said you could have the top five of this whole season just from five scenes from this episode and and you could argue you could maybe have the top five of this entire series as uh top five from this episode but uh, yeah it's just it's so amazing
2: yeah and, um, and and yeah, and then you obviously get the thing of you know she just wants to get Holly back, and um, yeah. Oh, just one thing, just to add to this is when I listen to the commentary on this episode, is that you see when 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 Walt's on the phone, you kind of see this this line of kind of lights in the background as he's talking. They were actually all put in by the by the, the um the crew. That actually they just. That, it was just kind of like too, too blank in the background. So they added all these kind of lights in the background, which I think is kind huh. of just a nice little touch, just a attention to detail to kind of make it a slightly more memorable look to the scene. Um, probably just speaks to the, you know, the, the effort that's put into getting this right. But uh, yeah. And then, so obviously we kind of like, Walt well, ends the call and, and we kind of have a bit of a zoom out and we see that he's next to the, um, to the, the local fire brigade, uh, fire service. And that, um, that kind of leads us into the next little little scene, which is basically that um this fireman's kind of you know like in the firehouse and, and sees the lights go off in the um in, in the engine and he and he, he goes over and, and um Holly's in the front seat of the of the <laughs> So fire cute truck. again. Um yeah, cry, <laughs> crying away and, and got a note of her saying of, of um, you know, kind of where she's where she is, where she's um where her home is. Um and then our final scene in this episode is basically Walt with his bags and his and his barrel um waiting for the disappearer to grab and we see him get in the car, um, kind of have that look in the rearview mirror as the car pulls away, and the uh, the dog, which was um, you know, an actual trained dog, uh, walks across the road to oh, kind of kind okay. of end the scene. So uh, so yeah, so that's that's the end of it. So at the end of this episode is you know Walt has. Uh, has taken his money and he's going. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's a pretty dramatic end to the episode. And um, as I think we talked about um, last episode, it's not the great cliffhanger that we had from Tahajali but I think probably this needed a something of a conclusion, um, at least in terms of the episode. I think another cliffhanger probably would have been a bit too much here. So I think it's the right impulse to kind of make this a, a bit of a, you know, like a, a, a something of an ending or, you know, like a, a, it kind of cuts off at this. You're not getting another cliffhanger.
1: Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I think it's a perfect ending. And, again, like, I think this episode just complements the week before. So I think kind of it's just it's that perfect sort of, you know, beginning, middle, and end of these two episodes. I Yeah, I, I think it would struggle to have a, a cliffhanger with it. But, um, oh, Holly's just so goddamn cute in that little car there. Just, Jesus Christ, why am I getting clucky all of a sudden? Um, But, yeah, and just the ending with, you know, the disappear and everything because I guess I also, like, Ties in well, doesn't it, to what we saw at the very beginning of this season with the whole flashbacks of him like coming back to uh, ultimately to Albuquerque. So um, yeah, but I mean, it's just it's a perfect ending. There's just nothing wrong with the way this ends. I I think it's just yeah. I'm with you. A cliffhanger would have been too much. I think. Mm.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it probably won't surprise you that there's um, a lot of trivia about this particular one and I've tried to kind of weave it in mostly as we've been talking rather than trying to like um, shove it all here at the end. But um, yeah, I think, um, you know, like I, th- there's lots of different ones in there. I don't know if there's any that, that you particularly were were interested in. Um, but, but yeah, I think... Um, one of the ones I think was was quite interesting to me is not really trivia as such, but was more talking about that first scene, you know, the opening scene. Obviously, it was the last thing they shot because of, of the need to make the characters look a certain way, which required them to be shaved and all that kind of thing. But the crew kind of talked about it as being like a real cathartic moment where they kind of, you know, the, these characters have been through so much and they got an opportunity to kind of go back to the beginning with them again. And and, and, and that was a really kind of nice way to kind of finish the show. And, and um, you know, it was obviously kind of shot out a sequence, but Ryan Johnson still came back and, and did that one, which I thought was, um, was really good. So um, yeah, I, I, you know, there's, um, you know, there's, there's heaps of really interesting stuff here. It was also obviously, um, you know, they had a big kind of thing in the, um, in, in the documentary of kind of, as these characters were finishing their last scene of, of kind of, um, you know, having a moment for, for everybody to kind of acknowledge that. And, um, yeah, obviously the, um, the Dean Norris one was quite, you know, quite sad, really kind of watching him kind of finish the show up. And I loved that They'd obviously painted a bullet hole into him. So he's delivering this speech to the casting crew with this bullet hole, you know, painted onto his head, which was pretty great.
1: Yeah, that's funny. I, I don't really have much to add in the trivia. I just, the things I wanted to kind of add was just because obviously it ties into what we're about to do, review and rank and all that kind of stuff. But um, it uh, was named a multiple publications list as the best episode of 2013, many as the best episode of the decade. Um, and you said about 10 out of 10. I found the list. It is the only... It, there used to be more than... That. They've obviously dropped these down since last time I looked at it, but the only 10 out of 10 episode on inDB, IMDb. Is, Bra- is Ozymandias. Uh, there's a few 9.9s, including a couple of episodes of a TV show called Attack of Attack on Titan. It looks like an anime. So, sure. Uh, Star Wars, A Clone Wars, a couple of episodes. Chernobyl. Did you ever watch Chernobyl? Chernobyl's brilliant. You should watch Chernobyl. Great show. I mean, it's only like six episodes long, but it's, um, it's amazing. Watch
2: the, watch the first episode on a, on a pl- I watched on a plane, watched the first episode on a plane and then was like, I need to get the rest of this and watch it and and just never quite got around to it.
0: Yeah, I watched
1: it all in New Zealand, actually, so it reminds me of New Zealand. But, um, no, it's it's worth it. I'm seeing here some Game of Thrones episodes. (laughs) Person of interest, really? Uh, Anyway, but um, the one here that stands out to me is that TV Guide named it the greatest episode of television in the 21st century, And I found this the top ten at least, uh, and good to see that the top two episodes of the 21st century, according to TV Guide, have been covered by the Oz Network because at number two, their second best episode of the 21st century. wasn't Nip Tuck, sadly. It wasn't Third Watch, sadly, and it's not 24, sadly. It's Lost, the pilot episode. Uh, So, which, yeah, I'd I'd (laughs) stand up there. I think there are better episodes of Lost, but I can see why they've gone for that because it is a – pretty goddamn iconic episode um and another episode of breaking bad uh, made it as an alternate choice uh dead freight so uh that was the other one that they've put here as a, a possible choice uh, and also i'll lead in here to say that the ringer this is their number one episode of breaking bad of all time and vulture as well as their number one episode of all time so no <laughs> real surprises there for the two lists that we've kind of referred to a lot across the way well, i th- I
2: think the other thing too, just in terms of the trivia, I think there's, uh, as you would imagine, there's lots of this scene, you know, kind of mirrors this this scene from this episode, and you know, so there's lots of that. and um and lots of them are really good. I think the one talking about that, you know, Walt has the same reaction in terms of like falling to his – you know to his knees and then to his side with his face kind of hitting the ground as, um, as Gus had, um, during the Humanos episode when when Max gets shot. So, um, and then being brothers and and while Hank being brothers in law, it kind of, you know, I, I, that one kind of felt like it was probably quite intentional. Um, and I, I do like kind of the dog reference thing, you know, about the, the stray dog at the end, you know, that it's the third, the third of three major dog references on the show. You know, obviously, we had Problem Dog, which was the gal. um, you know, the, the episode where Jesse's thinking about having having shot a, a problem dog. Um, and then Jesse, obviously, we had dog a couple of weeks ago. And then this one is, um, you know, this is the stray dog where at the end of the episode is, you know, Walt, who is now homeless and doesn't have a family. So he's a stray dog. So I, I did quite like that, but maybe that's just because I'm a, a dog I was going to say, I so think now. you
1: just brought out the dog references because of your, your dog love. So fair enough. You know, why not?
2: <laughs> yeah yeah well I think yeah I mean if if you are interested in how this kind of links to maybe lots of other episodes and by all means go and check out the Breaking Bad wiki because there's lots of interesting stuff there um I think this is one of those ones where you can kind of just pick every every scene apart and and find interesting stuff to talk about and it is one of those ones where if you're interested in, in, in this stuff, then you'll find lots of stuff online to, to, to kind of keep you busy. So by all means, I, I recommend you do that if that's your thing. But, yeah, we're going to move uh, into our into our ratings and our, our rankings yeah. on this one. Um, I mean, kind of goes without saying this is obviously going <laughs> to yeah, be a buy for both of us. It's just where it sits. Um, so um, I'll, I'll let you go first this time.
1: Yeah, buy, clearly. Yeah. Um... I, I'm not even going to drag it out. It's number one. I mean, it, it can't not be. I mean, seriously, as I've said multiple times, you know, the, the beginning is enough to make it maybe the number one episode. The ending is maybe enough to make it the number one episode. You can't have these scenes like that and not have this at number one episode. You've got underrated scenes which are never considered great scenes like the, you know, the Marie-Skyler uh, conversations in the car wash. I mean, the phone is considered a great scene but not maybe compared to the whole white family fight and the death of Hank. I mean this episode breezes by, like you can just can't imagine how quickly this episode goes by. Uh, I mean, I didn't want to kind of come into this and leave breaking bad as, Oh yeah. Number one is definitely Ozzy Mandy. It's like, duh. Uh, but like, it, it, it clearly is, um, you know, I think that you just, and not to take away from the last two episodes, um, because they're also great. But I, I don't think it's a real spoiler to say that neither of them will top this episode for me. So, yeah, I I didn't want to be that person to come out of all of these episodes and say this is the greatest episode of Breaking Bad, but I can't not have it at number one. It is seriously – it's perfect. It it, <laughs> it might be the most perfect episode of television I've ever watched, and and I rate so many I – mean, I probably said that 20 times on all different shows. Of I mean, the, the we talked recently <laughs> – and the the twenty four finale of season one is up there as one of the most perfect episodes of television I've ever watched. This is up there and maybe the most like I I would struggle to say that the finale of twenty four season one is better than this. The pilot of a lot like even these iconic episodes, even third watch and never gets ranked highly. My favorite episode after hours like Nip Tuck, like just these episodes which are just so amazing this is the one that I think clearly tops it all because you've got so many levels of emotion. It's uncomfortable. It's it's beautifully crafted. It's acted so well. Um, the music is just great. Like nothing, nothing is wrong with this episode. I know I've nitpicked little plot points, but that's just me. This this episode is amazing.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, Yeah buy number one for me as well. I mean, how could it not be? But I think probably what you've, that last point you made probably just absolutely hits a nail on the head for me is that there actually is not, I mean, other than maybe a small kind of like you know, joining scene, every scene in this episode is amazing and would probably yield a top five moment in any other season of Breaking Bad. You know, like, it. there is just no, there's no filler, there's no fat on this episode. Like, everything about it is so good. You know, it's payoff after payoff. It's just, yeah, everything's kind of coming crashing down now. Um, I think I said to you, you know, a couple of weeks ago that I watched this, and um, and it felt like it was 20 minutes long. Like I just, I, yeah, I, I felt like I just didn't look up, and and the episode's over. You know, it is just one of those ones that, yeah. And I mean, you know, I think you talked a couple of episodes ago about ranking them based on how distracted you get when you watch, and you know, do you look at your phone? Do you, you now? Do you look at other stuff? Is there other things you're thinking about while you're watching this? And this is just the most absorbing episode of TV I've ever watched. You know, like it yeah. just you were just drawn into it. And, you know, I don't know how many times I've watched this episode now, but that never changes for me. You know, it is the same every time. And so yeah, I mean there is definitely some some maybe some contrivances potentially, but you know, they all work perfectly for me anyway. So yeah, there there is no reason to not put this at number one. Um yeah, it's 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 a phenomenal episode of T V and it is one of those cases where you know like everybody everybody's right for a reason yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah
1: it's like so nobody doesn't like pizza right like you know like everyone loves pizza i mean if you don't like pizza and listening you're an idiot but like it's i mean one random thing too i'll just say on imdb is that to put it into context, there I mean, I'll see multiple episodes of TV where you've gotten 9.9s, 9.8s, multiple TV shows uh, where you've got that. Like, But there are no movies on IMDb that are ranked 10 out of 10. The highest is 9.2. Do you know what the number one ranked movie on IMDb is?
2: Oh, is it like The Godfather or something like
1: that? Godfather is number two. That is a point. Shawshank? It is. Shawshank. There are only four movies... On IMDb, that are listed 9.0 or above. So, at 9.0, you have The Dark Knight and The Godfather Part 2. 9.1, you have The Godfather, and then 9.2 is Shawshank. For TV shows, um, there's no 10 out of 10. You've only got one show, which is 9.5. I don't think you'll get this, Nick, but can you tell me what got a 9.5 overall? You won't get this. Uh, I wouldn't okay.
2: get I, I, I would have said something like The Sopranos, but yeah. No,
1: not, not even. like Planet Earth 2. <laughs> oh, right. so, okay. planet earth one was a 9.4 equal with breaking bad and band of brothers whereas planet earth two is 9.5 uh and then you gotta look at Chernobyl at 9.3 the wire 9.3 and yeah keep going down but uh sopranos is only in a 9.2 game of thrones a 9.2 so there you go um so yeah 10 out of 10 the only 10 out of 10 on any form of media unless they do video games i don't think they do video games on imdb i could be wrong um is this episode. So yeah, and it, it, it's valid. It's, it's a very valid reason why.
2: Well, I think as we kind of start to transition out of this episode, another piece of trivia is that this is the last regular length episode <laughs> that we have, because we're going to move into two extra long episodes of, of Breaking Bad to finish us off. So yeah, I mean, obviously next week is a bit of a transition episode between you know, what is the best episode and the finale, you know, and so often I think um, Granite State gets a little bit overlooked, but I think there's some really fun stuff to talk about in, in Granite State as well. Um, you know, it, we get a new character, two episodes, you know, from the end of the mm. show, who's actually really interesting, uh, which, you know, like I wouldn't have thought that was even possible, but um, yeah, I, I do really like, we kind of get a bit of a time transition in the next episode as well. That kind of takes us to the end of the show and, um, and, you know, that time transitions for a couple of reasons. So um, it'll be fun to kind of talk through that stuff when we get there. But, but yeah, I think, you know, it was always going to be a tough act to follow. It's not as good as this week, but then that's impossible. Nothing could be as good as this week. So, um, I, you know, I still really, really like Granite State. I think it's a, a great episode and there's so much going on on this episode. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a fun one.
1: Yeah, I I like Granite State, and you're right, it kind of does get forgotten about. Because, I mean, even I think I said in this episode that I always think Aussie Mandius is the penultimate episode. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of like the stuff we get with Soul next week and, as you said, the time jump. And, like, I like the cliffhanger. I, I kind of like how yep. they set it up going into the finale. I think that kind of it works well. So, yeah, I, I, I like Granite State. Um, it, it works well for me. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it.
2: I think the other thing too is that you get, um, a new location, you know, like it's, mm. it's, um, yeah, it's quite weird to see snow on Breaking Bad. You're, you're used to seeing sand. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it, 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 just that different look, which obviously makes it, um, makes it unique as well. I think as, as a piece of casting that, uh, a piece of casting, a piece of filming. So, um, no, I, I really like it, um. Yeah, you know, looking forward to talking through that one but um, yeah it's been um, pretty epic bringing this episode to you guys I, I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope we've done it justice um, but um, yeah I mean make sure you, you, you're giving us a like and a follow on all the usual social media platforms um, check out what else we've got going on on the Oz Network there's always some some new fun happening there um, but you know we, we really appreciate you, you tuning in as we kind of head into the, the end game of, of Breaking Bad it's scary to think there's only two episodes left and we're, we're almost there but um, Um, I guess until uh, we come back with Grant State, um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, My name is Nick and um, no hard feelings, understand?
1: And my name is Ben, and yeah, like I'm an idiot. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts,
0: Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure
1: to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our